I'm excited tonight. I said, I'm excited tonight. If you knew some of the specific things I'm excited about, you'd be excited too. But you can go ahead and be excited by faith. Amen. It's good. I said, it's good. <laughs> John 10. I want to just jump straight to it, you know, and just want to get it. But, I, but we're not quite ready for it. We, we'll get there. If you don't sleep on me and you don't change gears on me. You know, there's churches I've been to that I was there for a whole week and never could do what I had in my heart to do. Hmm. People say, why, well, why didn't you just, I, I never could share, I never could teach on what I, what I had in my heart. I said, what do you mean? Why didn't you just teach on it? Because the scripture says, don't give pearls to swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? If people are not ready for it, if they don't want it, if they're not hungry for it, don't just try to put it off on them anyway. Now, you understand that when talking to your relatives, when talking to your neighbors, if they don't want to hear it, hmm, don't keep trying to shove it off on them. You actually harden them to the gospel. And besides that, realize you're not the only one God can use to reach them. There's a lot of people who's not ready for you. <laughs> and the Lord knows who is. Amen. Amen. And a lot of times, you, you just see this a lot. Of, there, there are exceptions, but a lot of times you're not the one he can use with that immediate family member or that. Sometimes, but a lot of times, they know you. They don't want to admit you're right. Huh? They don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> and just because it's you, they might tune you out. And you need to have enough discernment to know when to be quiet. Amen. And just smile. There's some of my relatives that I did finally get a chance to lead to the Lord after 20 years of living it in front of them. Everybody say 20 years. 20 years. So why, why didn't you try to do it before? Because they weren't ready to hear it from me. I prayed for them. I asked the Lord to enlighten the eyes of their understanding. I asked him to send laborers across their path and he did get them ready. And they could have received a long time before, but he's not going to make anybody receive him. But we're going to get to this tonight, right? Right? John 10. 10, 10. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus is talking here. He says, but I am come. <laughs> If he's come, what difference does it make that the devil come? <laughs> huh? How many understand there's some people just outrank other people? And if the two of them show up at the same time, one of them gets red carpet, the other one don't get the time of day. Right? Because they just... <laughs> when Jesus shows up, who cares? That the devil came too. You know that's one of the things that bugs him the most. When he gets no acknowledgement. Oh it bugs him. Because he's full of pride. He 
pride personified. And he wants the attention. He wants people to talk about him in hushed tones. Oh, the devil said this. But when he's doing everything he knows to do, and you go, Jesus, I just, oh, it bugs him. Oh, it, ooh, it makes him mad. And so what? Jesus said, I am come. Why? There's a whole, you know, people get into all kind of things about what they think is the most important thing. Listen to the master out of his own mouth. Why would you come, Lord? Why would you come? Why would you take on flesh? Why would you come? Set us an example. Why would you come and pay the ultimate price? Lay your life down and every drop of your precious blood. Why would you come? I am come. Hmm? So that you could be religious and put your name on a roll. Huh? So that you could be defeated in life, but at least you'd go to heaven when you died. Huh? Why did Jesus say he came? I am come that you may have life. How? Life. And that more abundantly. This is not just existence. This is life as God has it. The quality of existence that God has enjoyed from eternity past is in us. And you and I will never die. Even if the Lord tears is coming and you live out your life down here. And your body dies. Really, the better phrase for it is sleep. Your body sleeps. Ain't no such thing as soul sleep. Body sleep. Your body falls down. What happens at that point? Well, you step back out of your body. (laughs) And you say, well, that's done. And the angel's there. And he says, uh, you want to take the scenic route? (laughs) We can whip through by the Milky Way. You can see it up close. (laughs) And dead? No. No. More alive than you've ever been. And a million years from now. And untold millions after that. We shall never die. That makes you relax on the earth. When you know you're going to be around forever. You just kind of chill and go, hey. I'm going to be here. What's the rush? (laughs) Glory to God. Uh, That's why Jesus came. Not to build huge religious organizations and put rules on people and tell them they can't wear their hair but a certain length or they have to have a certain color 
uh, clothes or, or none of that stuff. He came that you and I would be born again out of death and out of darkness into eternal Zoe, God quality of more abundant life that in this we may live forever and never and never and never die. Never die. Now we've been talking about this phrase more abundant. This what kind of life? Well, we know it's the God kind, but he gives us descriptors. He goes on. He didn't just say that they might have life. He added some. He said, and that they may have it more abundantly. If you look up that word, it's the word parisos. And it means, I mean, just read it. Make sure I get it all. It means exceeding, measuring rank and need. It means over and above and more than is necessary and super added. It means extraordinary, surpassing, super abundant. In quantity and superior in quality. It means beyond and by implication he said it means excessive. Oh, I like that. I mean, in in one word, you have summarized a lot of your God's nature. What kind of God is He? He is excessive. (laughs) That's just His nature. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. And my cup, my cup, <laughs> runneth over. And so we ask the question, does God know when the cup is full? Why doesn't he stop pouring when the cup is full? Because he don't want to stop pouring when the cup is full. He keeps pouring until it runs up over the edge and runs over onto the plate and runs over onto the table. And you look up and go, God, God, it's, it's spilling. He said, yeah, baby, I know. And he just keeps pouring. Now, now here's something important. He keeps pouring as long as somebody will keep receiving. Why do so many not have too much? Because they stop receiving at just enough. They figure this enough's enough. So they quit receiving. You remember 2 Kings 4? How the uh, man of God, the prophet, had died and his wife had debt. And she came to the, the prophet and she said, you know, creditors are come. Take my kids. What can I do? And you know what he said? He said, what do you have in the house? She didn't even know it, but the key to her miracle was already under her nose. 
Seed is the key. He said, what do you have? She said, well, I don't have anything. I got a little pot with a little bit of oil in it. He said, all right. Okay, that's fine. Good. He said, "Uh, go and borrow pots from your neighbors. Not a few. Now, when God says not a few, what should you do? You ought to. You, you ought to put ads in the paper and say, I want your pots. You, you ought to go see, can you rent some pots? You, you ought to put things on the internet. You ought to put signs out in your yard and say, pots, pots, I want your pots. I want what you got, pots. Because she went in there and she closed up the door. He said, all right, when you get in there with those pots, close the door and start pouring into the pots out of your oil. So she takes the little pot and starts pouring into another little pot. And it pours, and it pours, and it pours. And by this time, you should have have to tilt it up higher to get the rest, but you don't have to tilt it anymore. You just leave it right there, and it just keeps pouring and pouring. Here it comes up, and it's filling up to the brim. It's going to run this thing over. How can you, you fill up a bigger pot out of a little pot? So her sons are in there with her. She says, uh, she said, son, get a pot, so, you know, and maybe she thought, well, I don't want to mess with this thing, so I'll just stand real still. Just slide that, slide that pot right up under there. And so, uh, so, man, it just keeps pouring. So it keeps pouring. It keeps pouring. It fills it up. It overflows. She said, get the big pot. Get the big pot. So they slide the big pot up under there. And I'm telling you, this is like dollars falling out of here. You understand? They can sell this for money. And pay off their bills and their debts. This is like money just falling out of here. She says, who, 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 get a pot. Boys, line up the pots. Line up the pots. So they got, the, they got an assembly line there. And they're, they're lining those pots up there. They filled up a five-gallon pot. They filled up a ten-gallon pot. They filled up a 25-gallon pot. They filled up a 50-gallon pot. And finally she said, all right, but give me another pot. And she said, mama, ain't no more pots. Uh, boy, don't mess with me. Put a pot on here. Put a pot. And she said, mama, <laughs> it ain't no more pots. And the Bible said the oil, it stayed. It stopped. Why? No more reception. Are y'all with me? No more reception. I don't care if it's healing. I don't care if it's revelation. I don't care if it's anointing. I don't care if it's prosperity. If it's vision. The Lord can only minister what people will receive. When people quit receiving, it quits flowing. Why? Because God is not going to push things off on people. He's not going to override their will. Even though he wants them to have it so bad, he's not going to force people to take it. I know, uh, I'm sure if you've gone very far in the things of God, you've made the same mistake that I'm about to describe to you. But I have. There's been times I've gotten so frustrated with different friends or individuals I was trying to minister to, because you could just see so clearly, this is the problem. Hearing the word is the answer. Do this, and it'll fix this. And you will come out of this. And some of these very things that I came out of myself, and I know it works. I've, I've seen it. So you want them to do it. And so you try to tell them. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, no. Come on, man. You know, and you want to just unlatch the top yeah. of their head and open it up and stick it down yeah. in there and go, now get it. <laughs> but you cannot. I said, you cannot. 
No man or woman can reveal truth to another man or woman. Only the Holy Spirit can. And He is only permitted to if they will receive it. And so, you know, sometimes in talking with people about these things, they get frustrated, you get frustrated, relationships can be hindered. And the Lord said to me one night, and I'll never forget it, I wrote it down, I want you to get it. He said, son, it's not what you see. It's not what you know. It's not what they need. It's what will they receive. Don't try to minister everything you know. Don't try to minister everything you see. You may have a word of knowledge. You may know what the problem is in their life. You may know exactly what they should do. That doesn't mean you should tell them. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit because only He knows what they will receive. Sometimes they'll, they'll only receive a little bit of it. Sometimes they won't receive any of it right now. Sometimes they're ready to receive it all. And only the Holy Ghost can re- reveal to you what that situation is. You need to be led by Him. Jesus said, I am come <laughs> that you may have excessive life. Everybody say excessive. Excessive life. God's always been this way. We took you last night. We showed you men who hooked up with him like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They had too many cows. Didn't they? Too too many goats. Too many camels. Too many sheep. We saw people like Judah that got a hold of this and began to take land and took too much. And there was no prophet that showed up and said, you greedy rascals. No, it was a good thing because they had so much they could bless their brothers and sisters. They could say, come over here. We got your place already. Everybody say too much. Now go on to Luke, please. The fifth chapter this evening. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. I'm enjoying myself. I hope I hope you are. I'm. I'd have preached this just for me. I needed to hear it. Amen. We're not supposed to be scraping by, eking out of subsistence. We're supposed to be overflowing. Amen. How about your bills this month? How's it going to go? You going to have too much to pay them? All right. All right. Luke, chapter 5, are you there? Verse 1. It came to pass, as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God. That's a good thing, isn't it? Man, these crowds are clamoring, and we want to hear the word of God. And he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, and the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Now, you know, these guys didn't know him. But he shows up there, this preacher, with this huge crowd. And they keep pressing him and pressing him. And he's finally backed up to the lake now. And he looks around, and these two guys got this boat. And he says to them, to Simon, you know, would you, uh, would you let me use your boat? 
And would you launch it out just a little bit from the land so I'll have something to speak to the people on the shore on? He could have said no. He could have said, I don't know you. I've been working all day. I'm ready to go home. You know, the Bible says be, be careful, be particular about entertaining strangers. Right? Because some have entertained angels unawares, didn't know it. So you have to watch, watch what's going on. You know, we live in a society, especially if you live in a larger city, you see so many people. And there's so much going on. If you're not careful, people just are like fixtures. They're just like cars. Or they're just like, don't, don't get like that. Because you'll miss out things. Peter obeyed. He said, oh, all right. Okay. Get in there. Launched him out. Verse 4. He, you know, he, he, verse 3. He sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And verse 4. When he left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Now, Why? Why did he do this? They've been fishing. They're through. They're tired. He's through preaching. He's probably tired. They sowed of their time and of their equipment to help the ministry. They will get an eternal reward, won't they? Isn't that enough? No. <laughs> not for Jesus, it's not. Jesus is not a moocher. He's not going to come along and use your stuff and just say, the Lord will bless you in heaven one day. He's not that way. His people ought not be that way. Hmm? Yes, there's eternal reward, but he's got a blessing now. Amen. They gave him their physical boat to use, and he's got a physical blessing coming back to them. They sowed materially, and Jesus has right now and right here a material blessing for them. He said, all right, I want you to get in your boat and launch out there for a catch. And Simon said, Master, we told all night, we've been fishing all night, and the fish are just not there. I don't know where they are. Aren't you glad he didn't, didn't stop there? Amen. Well, preacher, that's all good and fine. I, you know, but you're not a fisherman. And you don't know these waters. And just the, I, the fish are not here right now. I mean, we have done this all night. We've already spent our energy. We, you know, we've spent our resources. And I'm ready to go home. Now, I've been nice to you. I let you use my boat. <laughs> but you don't know what you're talking about, Okay. This is my business. I know it. And the rest of the story wouldn't be in here. Right? But aren't you glad he just looked at him and said, All right. I mean, we hadn't caught anything and I hadn't seen any fish. And we're tired. And I just got the nets put up real nice. And, but if you say so, come on, preacher, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. And they went. He said, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and the net broke. Well, don't, don't God know? 
How many fish the net would hold? Doesn't he know? Well, doesn't he know when to quit bringing the fish in? This is supernatural. You know it's supernatural. They fish all night, nothing. They throw the net over, boom. Full of fish. God brought them there. Doesn't God know when, when it's enough? He just can't help himself. It's, it's his nature. He just, he is excessive. He just brought the fish. It's not his problem the net's too small. That their receiver is too small. And so when they saw this, they beckoned to their partners when they're on the other side, and, or the ship rather, and they said, come here, come here. They're waving, you know, they could see them off the shore. They're waving, hey, hey, get in your boat, get in your boat, come over here. So they came. You know, when you obey God and start having this excess in your life, it's going to affect other people around you. They're going to get the benefit from it. They're going to get in on it. And uh, they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. (laughs) Doesn't God know how many fish the boat would hold? <laughs> Is he not a net breaking, ship sinking, cup running over? Too much, God. Are we reading the Bible tonight? He has not changed. Just, just the next chapter. Chapter 6. Right here, chapter 6. Verse 38. Hmm? 638, give. Read it out loud with me. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over shall men give into your bosom. Don't God know when it's full? Didn't he know when your bosom is full? But he just keeps on pouring out. He just keeps on giving. Is he not a net breaking? Ship sinking. Cup running over. Too many cows. Too many goats and sheep and cows. Too much land. And good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over. God. That's our God we serve. That's Him. Then can it be his will that we subsist, that we barely get by? Hmm? Is he telling us, now you just be satisfied. Now you just, you just 
Don't get carried away. Don't be excessive. That's not God telling us that. His will is excessive. Now go to John, please, the sixth chapter. I'm going somewhere. You going with me? John 6. Glory. John 6 and verse 1. You guys are getting this. I am glad I came. We're going to be some some great testimonies. I said there are going to be some great testimonies in people's lives. There's some folks sitting right here. Hardly got anything. But within a year's time. Within just a year's time. You're going to be somebody to deal with. Glory. Because God can trust you. God is looking for people. That he can put a bunch of money in their bank. And they'll empty it out next month if he tells them to. Hmm? And they live like that. And they have no problem turning it loose. Because they know there's a lot more where that came from. And you know the good thing about a. A pipe that's always got a flow coming in and always got a flow going out. You know the good thing about the pipe? It's always full of new water. The pipe itself enjoys fullness of new water all the time. Because it's always new flowing in and it's always flowing. So it's always full. All the time. John 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Told you he's too much for disease. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and he sat with his disciples. The Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he saw a great company come to him. And he said to Philip, Philip? Where can we buy food that all these people can eat? And this he said to prove him, to test him, check him out. For he himself already knew what he was going to do. He'd already heard from the Father. He's already got direction on this deal. But it's a good opportunity. Here his staff has been with him in all these meetings. They've been hearing him teach and preach. And he wants to know, are they listening? Are you getting anything? You know the Lord will ask you questions. And it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wants to know what you're going to say. He wants to know your response. He doesn't expect that you know everything. But he does always expect a faith reply. He didn't expect you to know all the answers, but he expects you to to respond in faith. You know, one of the prophets said, uh, you know, the the angel was showing him all these things. And uh, and he asked him, he said, "Uh, what does this mean, son of man? And I like this answer. He looked up, he said, oh, Lord, you know. (laughs) 
That's a good answer. That's a faith answer. Say, Lord, I, I ain't got a clue, but I believe that you know. I believe you, you got it figured out. He didn't, he didn't expect Philip to go, hmm, hmm, let me see, let me see, all right. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 I'm getting it now. Yeah, yeah, let's see this little boy here. And he's got a little lunch. And whoo, glory, you going to bless it? And uh, this whole bunch going to be fed. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He didn't expect that. What he did expect was for him to look at him and say, I, I may not know, but I know this. It's going to be okay. I've, I've, I've seen you move before. I've seen the Father meet our needs before. Uh, it'll come from somewhere. It, it, this will work. Some type of expectant response. So how did he do? Let's look and see. Philip answered, 200 penny worth of bread is not enough that every one of them may take a little. That's, that's not the answer. <laughs> no, brother, that ain't it. 200 penny worth. Now, penny was about an average day's wage. Now, the only way you can make it comparable is if you bring it right into today. What does an average worker make on a day? I know there's a big variance, but it wouldn't be far-fetched at all that somebody made $10 an hour. Right? A lot of people make a lot more. Some people make less. $10 an hour. Eight hours would be how much? $80. And you've got to multiply that by 200. So that's 16,000, right? Huh? Right? $16,000. That's what he's talking about. In another place, we'll see in just a moment, it says 300 penny worth. And other translations say that that's about uh, a year's wages. Why? Because, well, 365 is how many days it is. So that would be. He said, Philip looked up and said, Oh, Jesus, you know, 16 grand worth of Happy Meals wouldn't touch this. (laughs) Then we are talking about a big need. Right? We know by reading them down, 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children, you could at least double it, probably more like triple it. It's at least ten to 20,000 people here. They found the lad. He sowed his lunch. Jesus blessed it, had the men sit down. And look at verse 11. He took the loaves. When he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as many as they would. Get the picture now. Jesus has it. He gives thanks for it. He breaks off and gives some fish and bread to this disciple. Go over to that group. Some fish and bread to that. Go over to that group. And, and then they go over. And they break off a piece of fish and bread and hand it to this guy and uh, pass that down. He could have looked at it and thought, <laughs> pass this down? What if they had gotten greedy and said, I'm just going to eat this? <laughs> They'd have messed with the miracle, wouldn't they? But they broke it and they passed it. And they broke it and they passed it. And they broke it and they passed it. And then something miraculous was happening. While they were doing that, it was multiplied. Everybody received 
everybody released. Are you with me now? Everybody received, everybody released. And as they were doing that, multiplication began to happen through that whole crowd. Receive, release. Receive. And the whole, all of those thousands of people did it. It swept through the whole group. And when they got through, Jesus said, everybody happy? They said, whoo, man, I'm full of, I'm full of fish and bread. That was the best. They were all hungry. They'd been out there a long time. Oh, man, that was a good fish dinner. He said, all right, get some baskets and gather up the fragments. Fragments? And they gathered them up and had 12, 12 baskets left over. Now, did God not know when the people got full? Did, did he not know when everybody had had enough? Did he not know when to, when to shut off the multiplication process? Doesn't God know when to shut it off? Doesn't he know when it's enough? I did a little math on this. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to know about this? Mm-mm-mm. The, 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 the phrase, the, the little boy, it means that. It does not mean a teenager. It means a little boy. Maybe eight years old. Maybe nine. Maybe ten. Long in there. And this is not, he's not pulling a wagon now full of food. This is his lunch that his mama packed him. He ain't got no ten pounds of food. He's a little boy. Right? And you know the Bible says loaves of bread, but you understand you look up the word, it's more like a little flat piece of bread. This is a little boy's lunch. Probably not, probably a half a pound. How many of a half pound would be a big lunch? Let, let's, be, let's be extravagant and give him a pound. <laughs> Wouldn't be any more than a pound. And we know everybody ate. Now, a grown man can easily eat a pound of food. A lot of times, too. So if we're just conservative, and we say that it was, you know, a pound multiplied, and everybody just ate a pound, well, then it's fifteen to 20,000 at least fold. 20,000 fold multiplication within minutes. And then when you look at the result, if we, if we say conservative, conservative, that it was half pound and the basket was small and it was, was no more than 100 pounds, then after 20,000 people ate, after there was a 10 to 40,000 fold multiplication in minutes, the, the little boy's personal return was 500 to 1,000 fold. You do the math. You look at it. It's a miracle. Is he the same Jesus today? Has he changed? Does he still do these kind of multiplying miracles? Is he not a net breaking, ship sinking, Cup running over. <laughs> Too many cows. Too much land. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaking together. Running over. Twelve baskets left over. 
God. Somebody say, that's my God. That's my God. That's him. <laughs> Go on over to chapter 12 here. And I got to tell you a story before we get to this. Because we're getting to some things to act on. I wonder what this was. This is money up here. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> God's doing some great things in this place. He is doing some great things. I was in Minneapolis probably five years ago. Been up there for a couple of weeks doing meetings. And I was, I was ready to go home, ready to rest a few days. And in the nighttime, I was praying about the next service we're going to have. Not even thinking about any of this. And I'm just laying there across the bed. And the Lord brought this pastor to me who was a thousand miles away that I knew about in another state. I never had anything happen to me quite like this. And he said to me, he said, called his name. I don't mean to heard a voice now, but very distinctly inside me while I'm laying there quiet. He said, his car, his automobile is inadequate. It does not please me. And I want you, as soon as you get home, get in your airplane, go over there, call him and say hi. Just let him know you're in town. He'll ask you to speak. And go and tell the people that I said that his car was inadequate and didn't please me. And that I told them to do something about it. And if they didn't, you would. I thought, is that right? <laughs> I've never had anything like this happen to me before. I, I didn't know what he drove. I didn't know. And so, I obeyed, though. I, I got home and just slept overnight and got up the very next morning. Climbed in my airplane, flew over there, called him up. He said, how you doing? What you doing over here? And I said, well, I, I'm visiting. And he said, would you come speak for me tomorrow? And I said, all right. And so I showed up. And let me just share a little bit of what the Lord told me to tell them. He said, tell them that their pastors that I have given them are gifts from me to them. And as such, they are very precious. Is that true or not? Precious gifts. He said precious gifts should be treated preciously. I mean, if you got a, a beautiful diamond ring, you just don't throw it in the corner. Maybe you have your real nice jewelry box, right? Maybe put it up on the shelf and put it in a nice place. Handle it a different way. And I said to them, I said, uh, if, you, if you take good care of your pastors and if you treat them like precious gifts, you'll, you'll get to keep them. And 
more and more revelation and blessing and anointing will come out of them to you. Because in esteeming them and honoring them, you're honoring the one who gave them to you. Jesus said, if you receive whom I sent, you receive me. Didn't he say that? And I told them also, I said, uh, not only him. I said, but if you do this, and and this gets in you stronger to honor God and honor his gifts, I said, he will send his best to you. And the Lord's my witness, I'm telling you, that they are, they're in the sticks. They're, they're far away from any major city, and, and they were just a smallest church. And I tell you, they've had some of the biggest names in ministry come to their church, call him up. And they, they tell me sometimes who was there, and I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding. No, they came. And I said to them, I said, uh, The Lord told me up in Minnesota that he was not pleased with your pastor's car. (laughs) That's what he told me. And he told me to come and tell you that he wanted it taken care of. He wanted that fixed. And, And I have an offering. I told them I brought an offering. But he told me if you don't take care of it, I will. Talking about me. He told me to. And I said, Ann, we're not going to get some economy something now. We're going to get something nice. You know, even the clothes that God told the priest to get, the people to make for the priest, he said, make them for beauty and make them for glory. See, the devil has lied to the church for years and years and years until people have this thing that, you know, that well, the preachers ought not be dressed up too much because, you know, they're supposed to be humble. Humble's got nothing to do with drab. Humble and ugly are two totally different things. I actually heard a man on TV nationwide TV, get on there and say, well, now, you know, like the Bible says, these preachers are supposed to lay down with the lepers. That's what he said. And and that's not a scripture. That's nothing in the Word of God like that. What did the Bible say? Those, he said, know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord and do what? He said, esteem them very highly. For their work's sake. He said those that labor in the word and in doctrine, they're worthy of double. Double, not just honor, but then double honor. I told him, I said, uh, he was going to receive an offering from me today in this church. And and, uh, I'm going to receive it myself. And we're going to give it to him. And we're going to buy him one of the nicest cars around. And I got my offering here. And if, uh, if you don't come up with the rest of it, then I will. But you'll miss out on a blessing. Well, I'm telling you what, they didn't give me <laughs> time to think about it. Man, they charged that place. And just like that, it was there. And we bought him a custom Suburban. I mean, the kind with all the stuff inside. You know what I'm talking about? You know, them little drop-down TV screens and heated leather seats and 
I mean, this thing got more bells and whistles. And this is a ride. Put him in it. Paid for it. Cash. <laughs> and then when that had happened, I told him. Right, as soon as the offering was, it was in, in the midst of it, the Lord spoke to me. He said, tell them now. He said, them that honor me, will I honor. And he said, you tell them. Because there's a new vehicle in your pastor's driveway. He said, the next time you come through here, this whole parking lot, there'll be new cars. New cars all over this parking lot. And you know, it was. I came back and I said, I want to thank you for obeying God. I want to thank you for doing what the Lord told you to do. I said, when I pulled in, I saw a lot of shiny metal out there. They all started shouting and praising God because there was new cars all over that place. In the prophets is written, as the prophet, so the people. And if folk really understood this revelation, to hold your pastors down is to keep yourself down. You're not going to rise above them. And if people really knew it, man, they would be, they'd be running over each other. Trying to see what they could do to cause their ministers, their pastors, their missionaries, their, all their people that represent God to excel and exceed. Well, this morning about 3 o'clock... I'm laying in the bed praying. And uh, the Lord spoke to me about tonight's service. And he said that he wanted your pastors to have a, a, what's the word? A very nice vehicle. Amen. It is to be, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm quoting some things he told me, so, so take close heed to it. It is to be, well, let me, let me read it. I wrote some of it down. Thank you, Lord. Don't want to say it differently than how he said it. It is to be brand new. Our, our biggest objective here is not about a bargain, okay? No. How much are we going to spend? Whatever it takes. But we're going to do this right. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, like I told them, if you don't do it, the Lord will help me and I will. But it, it wouldn't look good for you. And you would miss on blessing. I'd, I'd get your blessing. I'd get mine and yours. And I'll take it. So you... I, I've done it before. <laughs> it is to be a symbol of God's love. Amen. It is to be honoring God's gifts. And it is to be, pastors, if you would, please. I know you guys, you love, you love the church and you love missions and you love outreaches, but, but you can't 
settle for a, a lesser car and give part of the money to the church or part of the money to missions? Would you please drive this exceedingly nice car and not be ashamed of the gospel of prosperity? Amen? People say, well, man, look at that preacher driving that thing. And he can say, my people gave this to me. My, my people. How much do you give for that? Nothing. Nothing. My people gave this to me. I was just, uh, I was just over at Creflo Dollars. And uh, I spoke for them. And uh, when we got ready to go to the service... He pulled around there in a new Rolls Royce. <laughs> I said, brother, that's nice. He said, yeah, my people gave this to me. So he spent less on his car there than most people did on their Chevrolet. It was given to him. Anybody with me on this besides me? Have you found John 12? Let's read it. John 12. He came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, and whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now, now this is something. This man was in the grave. Right? Not long ago. Stone cold dead. Right? And here they are sitting up at the table. Laughing. Pass me some more of them taters, Lazarus. There's a man in the funeral home a few days ago. And his sister. Don't you know Mary was glad that he was there? Glad that her brother's sitting up there alive at the table. Her sister, his sister rather, Mary, took a pound of ointment of spikenard. Read those next two words for me. Huh? Very. Not just costly. Very. Costly, very. How costly are we talking about? Well, you read later and it says it was worth uh, at least 300 pence. Same as the penny worth. That's the same 300 times 80. How much is that? $24,000. That is nice stuff, isn't it? Let's just round it off. Twenty-five grand. Twenty-five. Everybody said twenty-five thousand. Twenty-five thousand. She came, and she broke it. She brought that thing, and she just broke it. Boom. Dumped it on his feet. Now, what purpose is that? He's going to, his feet are going to smell really good 
for a little while. And then what? Huh? Yeah, it'll wear off. Right? He'll wash his feet again. And 25 grand, just, just boom. Now, when she did that, there was an individual who spoke up. And he said, if you, if you read Mark, you read Matthew, they said, this is a waste. This is a waste. Twenty-five grand? You dumped on Jesus' feet? What'd you do this for? This could have been sold for twenty-five grand. We could have fed poor people with this. We could have financed mission outreaches with this. We could have done something with this. Tell me who said that? Hmm? Are there people saying things like that today? Who's, whose company are they in? And Jesus looked up and said, Woman, what did you do? I have taught y'all this whole time to be good stewards, and you come up and do this? We could have sent this to the mission field. Hadn't I trained you better than this? This is wasteful. No. You know why Judas said that? Because he had ceased. You know, the Bible said he was a thief and he stole what was in there. He wanted that money in the bag so he could take some out, pocket it. And you watch these people that holler about other folk getting something nice. You watch it. Their motives are not pure. They're envious. They're selfish. They wish they could have got it instead of them. And not only that, just, I mean, a short time later, he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces. Not 300, 30. What was the deal? Why did he say that to begin with? Because he did not value Jesus anymore. He had gotten disillusioned. He had gotten bitter over something. He'd gotten messed up and he did not value Jesus. How could you sell Jesus for 30 pieces? And that's why he said that. No, what did Jesus say? Anybody know? Can you read? What did he say? Judas is hollering and some of the rest of them joined in, got carried away. What Judas, this is, yeah, this is wasteful. This is wasteful. 25 grand just dumped on his feet like that. What did Jesus say? Quit it. You leave her alone. What would Jesus say to people that would do the same thing today? You leave them alone. You leave them alone. Why? Because she is thankful for her Jesus. She's thankful for her brother being alive. She's thankful that they are not lost and in darkness. That Jesus is everything to her. And this is the most precious thing she has. And she's glad to dump it all on his feet and say, Bless you. Bless you. Would you do that for Jesus? Did he not say in as much as you've done it under the least of these? My brethren, you did it to me. This is a thing that's going on here tonight. 
and honoring Jesus thing. Amen. I'm giving an offering. And it's nice. We want at least a $50,000 car. At least. It'd be great with me if it was a $75,000 car. I'm serious. You cannot overdo this deal. We got to get something. Why? Because the Lord's said so. We've got to get something that when when they pull up, you go, whoo! <laughs> Looking good. That's right. That's what you. The, the folk have got to say, whoo! <laughs> now that's a that's a that's a vehicle. That's a car. If they'll chrome it, we got to chrome it. If they'll gold plate it, we got to gold plate it. I'm serious. I'm, if they can put it on there, we got to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now they were going to take me up an offering tonight. And that's where you saw, you saw me whispering to him over there. I asked him, could I receive my own offering? <laughs> and he said, yeah, okay. And I'm going to, and this is my offering, because I was going to get one tonight, right? And I want you to give me a top notch. I mean, give me an offering now. Every penny of it is going to their car. Amen. Ushers, or do you have, you got envelopes there in the back, back of your seat? Give me an envelope, please. Somebody give me an envelope. Now, you may be like me. I don't have my checkbook with me. But I got my word, and my word's like money in the bank. Amen? This is a holy thing tonight, friends. Keith Moore. We're going to do this a different way. We're going to prepare our gifts. And I'm going to, we're going to pray over it. We're going to bless it. And you're going to bring it up and lay it at your pastor's feet. Don't bother them. Don't do a bunch of stuff. Just lay it on their feet, just like that woman poured out that ointment down there. And somebody said, well, you're, just, you're making a lot uh, of people. No, no. Uh, the gift of God. We're celebrating 13 years. I don't know if you know much about the ministry, but I'm telling you, it ain't as easy as some people think it is. I'm telling you, it, it, there's some sacrifice involved. There, there's things you just would not know unless you do it, and especially to stay after it year in, year out. No matter people like you, they don't. They brag on you or they cuss you. You just stay with it. And you love the people and don't get bitter. And you serve God and do what he tells you to do. Amen. We're going to honor God tonight. And we're going to honor these gifts. And we're going to put them in a too much car. Amen. And, and, and they and us are not going to be ashamed of it. Amen. And if it got so much chrome on it that it hurts people's eyes, well, that's okay. That's all right. We're going to let them pick out what they want. Is that right? What they want. We don't care if it's electric purple. You know, they got to pick out what they want. Amen. 
It's got to be flashy too. Now, I'm going to come back and check on it, all right? It's got to be, got to be what they like, but it's got to be tops. Now, just, just hold on to your gifts just a minute here. We're going we're gonna to fill them out. We're gonna, I'm going to have you stand. We're going to pray over them. We're going to honor God. And then you're going to come and you're going to lay them at these guys' feet. You're going to release your faith. And you're going to say, Lord, I honor you. What did he say? If you honor me, I will honor you. You're also, I, I'm also sowing seed. My truck that I drive has over 100,000 miles. Has 100,000 miles on it right now. And I'm believing for another one. Well, this is my offering tonight. And I'm sowing that. Amen. Plus, I'm bringing another offering. I got me a good one coming too. I'm putting seed in the ground. You do the same thing. And I believe, just like with that other church, I, I, this is the only time I've done that since then. I don't just do this to be doing this. I believe there will be a lot of new cars here too. Amen. Everything produces after its own kind. Now, if you have plenty of money and you come up here and you lay a five down, you are not honoring the Lord. Now, if a five is all you got, then you are honoring God. Did you hear me? Take this seriously now. Take this seriously. I said, take this seriously. Now, I'm going to warn you. If you scoff at this and you make fun of this, it could go ill for you. Because you'd be making fun of God. Now either I laid in bed last night and dreamed this up on my own. Or I really did hear from the Lord and am just saying what he said to say. And if that's the case, then anything you would say would be directly against him. So make sure you do something to honor God. Do something that honors God. Have you got it filled out? If you got your check or you got your cash, or maybe you didn't bring it, or maybe maybe you can't do it today, but you can do it by the end of the week or, or next week or whatever, put it down. Put it down. And pastor, would it, would it be okay for one of your associates to tell the folk in the rest of the services this week what we did tonight? Because they need to have a chance. Amen. Would that be okay? Amen. To have one of them, you don't have to take a lot of time, but somebody get up and, t- and say what has happened. Because they need to have an opportunity to get anybody who's not here needs to have an opportunity to get in on this. Glory to God. Stand up then. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You remember Cain and Abel? They brought their offerings to the Lord. Cain just brought an offering. That's all it said. But Abel... He brought of the first and the best. And God had respect to his offering, the scripture said. So see to it that you're doing something that's for you is honorable and for you substantial. Put your hand on that and hold it up before the Lord. Say, Lord, Lord, I believe believe you are are an excessive God. God. I I believe... You are able able to multiply multiply this back to me me many, many times over. over. I bring this offering to you. I I honor you you for I honor your gifts. gifts. Thank you you 
for our pastors. Thank you for these ministers. Thank you for these gifts that you've given to us. You could have sent them somewhere else, but you sent them to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're not a small God. You're not a cheap God. You're a great God. And these are your servants. We honor them tonight. Bless this offering. Guide them in the selection and preparation of this vehicle. Let it be glorious. Let it be a blessing. Let it be a witness. Let it be a voice of the good news. An honor to your servants. We glorify you. We bless your name. And we give gladly. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on around. Praise God. Lay your offerings down. Praise God. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Oh, just praise God while you're doing it. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.